Good morning. My name is Zoe Vallette, and I am a current member of People's Church. I've also been fortunate enough to grow up here and spend most of my life as a part of this church in one way or another. The church has done a lot to support me, and I'm pretty sure I've done a lot to support the church. And it's an interesting journey to see how that works during different points of life, as I'm sure many of you can relate. Right now, I'm a parent of little kids. Being a parent is hard. And sometimes, if you're at home with kids a lot, you want to poke your brain out from the excruciating intensity and the grueling monotony. When I was a newish parent, I was so jealous of my friends who had something called MOPS groups at their churches. It's short for mothers of preschoolers, and basically, they meet once or twice a month for coffee, adult conversation, speakers, and all of their babies and little kids are in a separate room from the adults with a babysitter that is not a parent. It sounded amazing. Except, once I started reading about MOPS, I found out that it's owned by a very conservative and evangelical Christian church, which isn't really my comfort level. Why couldn't we have something similar, minus the preaching and evangelism, and not limited to folks that identified as mothers or women, one that shared our inclusive values and was open to all of the many ways of being and forming families that we celebrate here? Doesn't sound so hard, does it? Fortunately, this past year, Reverend Rachel and Diane agreed that it sounded like a good idea. Rachel connected me with another UU church in Colorado doing something similar, which was really actually kind of a surprise. We thought for sure there would be lots of other places doing something similar, but all of her ministerial connections turned up one church doing this. And she and Diane shared their list of background check child care providers. And most importantly, the church generously offered to host our group here at no charge to us twice a month. We started our Parents of Small Children discussion group several months ago, and it's going really well so far, although we really need a catchier name. <laughs> Some of our previous ones, our favorite so far is um, Heathens and Heretics, <laughs> but apparently that was a little scary to people who are not yet members of the church, so we're holding off on that for right now. Uh, right now we're going with the very pedestrian coffee and conversation with childcare, and it doesn't exactly bring people in in droves, <clears throat> but at least it's not scary. We have a good mix of church families and non-church families participating, and we all really enjoy having adult conversation and a little break from our small humans, much as we love them. We usually have coffee and snacks too, which is never a bad thing. Ask any parent how nice it is to sit and drink a hot cup of coffee in one sitting while it's still hot, it's amazing, I tell you. Some days we have a pre-selected topic or activity, and some days it becomes obvious during check-in that there's something that's really weighing on all of our hearts, and we all need to talk about that right then. We honor all of our different needs and journeys, and we listen to and support each other. People's Church is a community that welcomes and celebrates children and families. It is one of the great strengths of our church. We do that with our religious education program, with our tutoring at Lincoln School, our commitment to the idea that there really is no such thing as other people's children, etc. 
You also support children and families by supporting this program to parents who stay home with young children so that we can, conf can form community and support one another in this challenging stage of life. Your generosity makes this possible, and we are so grateful for you opening your space to us. Thank you. Let's keep on moving forward with love and support for all of our families. Gonna keep on moving forward, keep on moving forward, keep on moving forward, never turning back, never turning back. Good morning, I'm Bob Davis, a member of People's Church since about 1986, and a lifelong Unitarian. You may have noticed uh, me singing in the choir, playing bells, and working on the Building and Grounds Committee. Older members will recall that I'm a retired physician, that I've served on the Board of Trustees and was Board President for two years. My wife Barbara is the Volunteer Assistant Treasurer. I credit People's Church with helping us raise two fine children. Adolescence for us, and in particular for our daughter, was a tricky time period. In middle school, she turned seemingly overnight from daddy's sweet little girl to a moody, impulsive, uncommunicative stranger who liked to run upstairs to her room and close the door and just not come out. People's church, uh, religious education, and my daily or my weekly participation in her church classes gave us as a family the skills to navigate that tricky period. And for this reason, I remain a strong supporter of the religious education program here. There are other outstanding strengths of People's Church, but I've been asked to speak about the importance of the music program to our family. To be honest, I don't remember many sermon details once I leave the church. But the music here helps me wash away life's cares, refocus on moving forward, refocus on love, refocus on creating a better world. I do remember specific musical experiences. I remember Christmas Eve services standing in front of you on the risers as part of the choir, singing Silent Night, Peace, Peace medley, and looking out at the congregation, seeing the joy in the faces of families illuminated by flickering candlelight. I remember the magic when an ethereal melody appears from the synchronized arm movements of a bell choir, even though no one person is playing the melody. I remember the glorious feeling when I sing in a choir and the music comes out of me, through me, swirls around me, and creates overtones in the space that no one is singing. I remember the exceptional inspiration brought to two of our services by Peter Mayer, a folk singer, 
and more frequently by Daryl's songs. I remember specific times when our family uh, shared our love of music with the congregation. I remember accompanying my daughter as she played Ashokan's Farewell, the uh, little violin solo that uh, is the theme of Ken Burns' uh, Civil War uh, series. I remember the years we had a church band and playing keyboard with Daryl and uh, Garen Young and Bill Ginn and my son Chris on the bass. I remember Amelia's best friend, Carolyn Ledley, singing Pia Yesu, the beautiful Andrew Lloyd Webber song, while Amelia and I accompanied her. I remember our family playing Christmas carol quartet medleys on a snowy Christmas Eve. Music has been our couple's fam, our couple's therapy. When our children had grown and gone off to college, we kind of looked at each other and said, well, who are you? What did we used to do together? Is there something we can do to spark the love again? She wanted to restart the bell choir. I wanted to help enlarge the vocal choir. And so we made a pact that we would both join both organizations. And it's been one of the better decisions we've made as a couple. Choirs require teamwork, a common agreed upon vision, dedication to show up when you feel drained by life, especially when you feel drained by life. It's about creating beauty with the people available, about growing their talents, about making the world transiently a better place. And isn't that the ultimate goal of the ideal life, the ideal marriage, the uh, ideal church? So don't be shy. Come add your voices together and dedicate generously some of your resources to people's church. Barbara and I have increased our pledge. Let us keep on singing loudly together. Gonna keep on singing loudly, keep on singing loudly, keep on singing loudly, never turning back, never turning back. Hi. Our social justice program has provided a way for me and our church to learn to love and to act more boldly and not turn back. Right relations is a term we have used here to guide us in living better in our relationships with ourselves, with each other, our families, and into the wider community. This is not an aspiration for the faint of heart. It requires us to grow enormously until we can consider equally the interests of ourselves and each other and people in our wider community. When our congregation first met to develop a social justice program, there were several longer-term members who fiercely objected to this, given their experience of the church supporting individuals to act on their values 
but not to act as an organization, fearing this would violate individual conscience. With care and conversation, we worked our way to a model that facilitated a variety of efforts, or works of love, for people in our church to be part of that none of us could have accomplished alone. Currently, these include our work at Lincoln School, with the refugee family, and our generous special collections that benefit 10 nonprofit organizations in our community every year. We moved into deeper water as justice issues in our community arose that asked for public stands in statements of support from congregations, like the non-discrimination ordinance about a decade ago and the sanctuary decision last year. After many discussions and poignant testimony about the importance of preserving minority voice, we developed a process built on respect that would require open discussion and a supermajority in favor. This allows our church to be a critically needed voice for justice, but not without rigorous consideration of minority perspectives. This process works best when we devote ourselves to building relationships with each other, to listen and speak with care. Being able to make bold acts for justice in our community is built on loving boldly within our congregation. When we moved into membership in Isaac, the interfaith network of congregations and organizations working for social justice in our community, this was another giant step in loving boldly in our church's social justice work. Over time, we worked through feelings of religious intolerance and exclusion by us and toward us, discrimination and marginalization as we determined not to turn back on this commitment. As a result, our involvement in Isaac has allowed our congregation to be part of many significant policy changes in our county that address large-scale problems, like passing the vote yes for kids' millage to help house homeless families, adding Sunday bus service and evening hours, helping bring the Nurse Family Partnership to our county and into the state's budget to assist vulnerable first-time moms and their babies and reduce infant mortality, expanding funding for high-quality preschool, and advocating with Dr. Rice over and over for K-12 funding, and now in our community's new work for truth, racial healing, and transformation, and working to end gun violence. By expanding our relationships with all kinds of people and religious allies from all around our community, we have learned to love and act more boldly than I imagined for my life here in Kalamazoo that it could encompass. I'm extremely grateful for that. Developing the deep and trusting relationships that are fundamental to this work with partners in our church, in Isaac, and across the broader community, widens the scope of my life and opens my heart. When we let go of our separateness and choose to move through challenges together. As a member of this church once said, if we are not about the business of transforming lives, what are we here for? Our financial pledge to this search is essential for the church but also for us, 
so that the Church can continue to support us in learning to love more boldly, to not turn back, and to keep on moving forward in our personal lives, in our family, and in our Church's many works of love, which none of us can accomplish alone. Thank you. Sing with us. Gonna keep on loving boldly. Keep on loving boldly. Keep on loving boldly. Never turning back. Never turning back. Our first reading this morning is A Prayer Among Friends by John Daniel. Among other wonders of our lives, we are alive with one another. We walk here in the light of this unlikely world that isn't ours for long. May we spend generously the time we are given. May we enact our responsibilities as thoroughly as we enjoy our pleasures. May we see with clarity, may we seek a vision that serves all beings. May we honor the mystery surpassing our sight. And may we hold in our hands the gift of good work and bear it forth whole as we were born forth by a power we praise to this one earth, this homeland of all we love. And the second reading is the affirmation of the Edmonds Unitarian Universalist Congregation in Edmonds, Washington. We need each other, and so we come to this place to work and dance and laugh and cry and think We call ourselves a religious community not because this place is in itself holy ground, but because what we do here and say here and are here make it so. So let it be. We call ourselves a religious community, not because this place is in itself holy ground, but because what we do here and say here and are here make it so. These words have been spoken every Sunday morning for decades by the Unitarian Universalist Congregation in Edmonds, Washington, just north of Seattle. This is the church that helped raise me and those words are etched in my heart. And we are borrowing them this morning because they are our truth as well. We are a religious community. 
We are people's church because of what we do here and say here and are here. Zoe, Bob, and Rochelle have shared pieces of what we do here and say here and are here. And we all know that their stories are just a beginning. We all have stories we could tell about this place, this community. We can tell stories about what happens when we gather together on Sunday mornings, stories about voices lifted in unison or beautiful music, stories about children who delight us during the time for all ages, stories about welcoming new members and dedicating ourselves to our children, stories about a poem or story or song or sermon that brings comfort or insight or wisdom and stays with us and echoes in our hearts. The story of simply sitting in this room with dozens and dozens and dozens of other people who are different from us in many ways, belief, background, gender identity, sexual orientation, generation, but who share our fundamental commitments to freedom, love, and justice. Stories about coming together and feeling less alone. There is more meaning and less isolation because of what we do here and say here and are here. There are the quiet stories of people in our community who make this church of make this a church of the people, by the people, and for the people. People who show up for one another in hard times with cards and casseroles and care. People who show up to committee meetings and stay to the very end to make sure that church programs happen and happen well. People who share their insights and learn together in our classes and discussion groups. People who teach our children and care for our children. People who say yes when asked to serve on the board or donate their services to the auction or usher or in so many, many, many other ways. There are stories of welcome, of new people finding community, connection, and support among us. And there are the people who know their limits and need a season to not be the ones who show up, who trust others to do the work of the church and cheer them along with gratitude. And there are the people weathering the times of illness or loss who lean on this community and let us care for you. And that is a gift to the church as well. For many of us, the past year and a half or so have been, has been really hard. We thought our, we knew our country and our community, and it turns out we didn't in the way we thought we did. There are headlines breaking our hearts and so much needless suffering. Rather than give in to despair and inaction, people's people have kept on moving forward, have kept on loving boldly. Because of what we say here and do here and are here, we are making a difference in Kalamazoo, making our community more just and more loving, a safer place to be. The world needs us now more than ever. Rochelle told some of these stories already, but of course there are more. 
Last year, you all gave a book, an age-appropriate, culturally sensitive, brand new book to every child at Lincoln Elementary School. And for too many of the kids who received them, this was their first book that they owned. Last month, you all raised nearly $3,000 for Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism, far exceeding our goal. This will help create a more just and inclusive faith tradition for us all. The Altiaras, the Syrian refugee family that so many in this church and beyond these church walls have supported with tutoring and home repairs and job coaching and driving lessons and on and on and on, got their green cards this week. You all, in so many ways, made that possible. And their life is better and safer because of you. And the list goes on. Homeless, transgender teenagers have used our showers in this church before job interviews. And they've gotten those jobs and been able to move into housing and towards stability. We have prepared over the past year to welcome immigrant friends and neighbors into sanctuary in this building, should the need arise. So what we do here and say here and are here makes such a difference. Each of us and our wider community needs this difference more than ever. There is less loneliness because of what we say here and do here and are here. And there is less suffering because this church exists and you all act boldly in the world. I hope you all feel very proud of what happens here, of what you all make happen here in this building and beyond our walls. And you all know what's coming next. Now I get to keep telling you to be the inspiring generous, inclusive, justice-making community that you are. Your generosity makes all of this possible. Thank you, and let's keep on moving forward. And as I move forward, I will be focusing on financial generosity. But we all know that there are many, many ways to be generous. All the stories we've told are about people who give their time, their ideas, their talent, and their money. Thank you for, to all of the, for all of the ways you are generous and dedicated to the work of this church and our work in the world. Those of you who are newer around here should know that we don't spend every Sunday singing our own praises and talking about how great we are and asking for money. We usually dedicate a full service to that about once a year and spend about a month talking more about money than we do the rest of the year combined. As Unitarian Universalists, we are rooted in a free church tradition. This means that there is no central authority, no bishop or pope or synod or any other group that can tell us what to do here or say here or be here. This freedom and power comes with responsibility. There's also no central authority that will fund us 
either. Your financial generosity pays for nearly everything that happens here. Thank you for being so generous. So today, it is time to start considering your pledge to continue the good work of the church for our next fiscal year, which begins in July. We will have pledge packets available for you after the service, and we ask that you pick them up and turn in your forms, either paper or online, within the next month, earlier if you want to have more chances to cut in line at the potlucks. <laughs> then our finance and board leaders will begin building the church budget, which will be approved by the members of the church at the annual meeting on May 20th. Please continue to be the generous people that you are so People's Church can keep on moving forward. What might that generosity look like? I will offer up a few ways to think about it because given our diversity of thought, I would not expect us all to approach generosity in the same way. So often new members in our new membership orientation ask about what amount they should give to support the work of the church, what's fair, what's right. And I encourage them to give an amount that falls into the sweet spot of making them feel really great about their giving and that feels responsible and won't lead to resentment. We all have different financial lives, and so that sweet spot is different for every person in this room. What is an amount that would make you feel generous and responsible every time you write the check or place a marked envelope in the collection basket or see the electronic transfer on your bank statement? You could be many places right now, and you chose to be here. The fact that you all are here today means that the church is a priority in your lives, and I encourage you to make it a priority in your financial life as well. For some of us, generosity looks like giving $2,000 a month. For some, it is $200 a month. For others, it is $20 a month. And most of us fall somewhere in between all of those groups. Other people can't give right now, and we have financial waivers if that is your story. Everyone is a valuable part of our community, and we, when we all are generous, that is enough. And if you're someone who wants advice that's more practical than you know, it should feel like this, what that number is, there's a fair share giving chart in the pledge packet that you can pick up in a few minutes. It's an elaborate chart where you can find your income and your commitment level, and it will give you a percentage of income or a specific number to give, if that's how you like to think about this. And some of us are fair share givers every year. Some of us aren't. Some of us are slowly rearranging our financial lives so we can get there, but it takes a few years to get to a place sometimes where you can make a generous commitment. I know that anticipating having two kids in full-time childcare is really leading me to think critically about what I can do this next year. And I can trust that this community can step forward even if I might need to step back for a time. Because everyone is valuable. And when we all are generous, there is enough.
some of us have financial lives that are not stable enough to have a good sense of what our finances will look like in July when the church year begins. And you're about, if this is your story, we are glad that you are here too. Some who live this story make a modest pledge now, something they know they can meet and adjust as circumstances change. Whatever you write on the pledge form is not a cap on your giving for the year. Just so you know, everyone, if you are able to do more, we will gladly accept it. Each of us is living a different financial story, and each of us is a valuable part of this church community. Each of us is making decisions about generosity that are the best for us, that make us feel proud, responsible, and part of all of the good things that happen here. At least that is my hope. I hope that is the feeling you get when you look over these pledge cards and figure out what makes sense for your family. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, whomever you love, wherever you are on your life's journey, you are welcome here and you are a valuable part of our community. So let us keep on being generous. Let us keep on moving forward. Let us keep on singing loudly. Let us keep on loving boldly. May what we do here and say here and are here continue to create a world of less loneliness, less suffering, more meaning, and more joy. May it be so. May we make it so. And amen.